Hello, Rob. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the 10 Minute Design Chat. Thanks, mate. Let's talk about food and drink. Today on the show, we welcome game designer, disc golf enthusiast, <laughs> and seasoned cat wrangler, Jamie Stegmeyer. Hello, Jamie. How are you? Hello. That's a surprisingly accurate summary of my life during the pandemic. <laughs> we were talking before the show about cat wrangling ourselves and trying yeah. to keep uh, Walter, Biddy, and my cat Gilda away from the microphones if we can. So, uh, <laughs> But we don't mind. We don't mind some feline intervention in our show. That's absolutely fine. Just make sure they're well fed so they're not making uh, lots of noises today. Which is a perfect segue to today's theme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well done, Rob. That's almost as if you rehearsed that. <laughs> Jamie, thank you very much for joining us. When we were planning this season and our themes around food and drink, the game that kept coming up, uh, one of Rob's faves and one of my recent new discoveries, was Viticulture, which is your vine-growing, grape-crushing, wine-making game. And so it's absolutely lovely to have you on. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. I think it's time that we uh, put our game design hats to one side and put those chef garbs on because today I want to pose a little challenge for you both. I love hosting game nights and actually I have to say a nice night with Italian music, uh, viticulture of course, and pairing it with pasta uh, and a nice uh, five pound bottle of wine. I feel like I'm pretty well versed when it comes to food pairings with games but what I'd like to ask you two today is I'm gonna pose three games, a starter, a main and a dessert and I'd like just a sort of quick idea of what you would be serving at this point in the in, in the course. Chris, we'll start with you. Today, for starters, we have a delicious Santorini. What would we be serving with that? <laughs> so, Santorini, this is you, you didn't tell me you were also going to be testing my geography skills. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good job I vaguely know where Santorini is. So... I'm going to say Santorini to me conjures up those lovely blue roofs and the the sea beyond. So I'm going to say sardines or some sort of fish to start off with. Maybe with a nice little dip. Maybe an oil dressing. But I'm just going to turn to the other waiter who's also showing me the specials. Jamie, what would you pair with Santorini? I Well, this isn't a great starting course, but from that Mediterranean area of the world, I love baklava. I'm not sure if that's inherently Greece, but I love baklava. It's not something I'd start a meal with, but maybe a little, just like a tiny little nibble of baklava to start the meal. Excellent choice. And we're going to move nicely on. Our bellies are starting to get a bit full, but I think it's time we dig into the main course. Now, this is going to be a very, very heavy dish, one that you may need a couple hours to finish. What are we talking, Jamie? We'll start with you with the uh, game that you may know called Scythe. What game? Oh, what, what main course <laughs> would I pair with Scythe? So Scythe does feature five fictional nations in the core game that are, are loosely based on, on Germany, on, uh, on, on the UK. The Nordic region, the, the Polish region, what would I choose? Maybe a heavy, a lot of those countries serve like heavy potato dishes. So maybe, uh, uh, I don't know, in the US we would have a, a loaded baked potato. I don't know if that's, that wouldn't be quite the equivalent <laughs> over there, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll say a loaded baked potato. I love it. I think I'm going to go with something similar, but more of a stew kind of thing. It's like a heavy potato stew with maybe some like meat in there. It's been sitting on the stove for three weeks. Grandma's making it. <laughs> the place smells amazing. That's what I'm going to go for. Very nice. So uh, I would say finally they're coming out and they've got the giant dessert board. 
your your full stomachs are turning at the idea that you now have to dive into a uh, full course of Gloomhaven for dessert. What are we talking? <laughs> when I think about Gloomhaven, I do not think about like a light dessert final final <laughs> dish. But I, I like the the variety that the Gloomhaven offers, so that fits with your analogy of a, a cart full of different desserts that we can choose from. Um, and I love chocolate, so I have to pick something chocolate for it. Uh, what would I go with? Um, let's go with a chocolate mousse for no particular reason other than I like chocolate mousse and I like Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion in particular. That's a completely valid way to choose food. That's the whole way we should choose food, right? Rob's trying to force us to do it in this weird way when all we want to do is eat chocolate mousse. I'm going to go with a Black Forest Gatto. Very nice. Mm. Bit 70s, bit 70s in the UK, a little one from the freezer. Uh That's what I'm going to go with. I feel like um, I couldn't help but just have to picture a man versus food style kitchen sink full of ice cream and all of the trimmings, all the whipped cream for, for Gloomhaven. But yeah, excellent. Well, I don't think we're going to get many customers at our restaurant, but thank you very much for that. Yeah, so we're going to close down the 10-Minute Design Chat pop-up restaurant after its two patrons have left. Um, And let's talk a little bit, if it's okay, Jamie, about viticulture and where that came from. Because, obviously, it's themed around wine um, and being in Italy. Where did that theme originally come from? Was it something where you were like, I love wine and I'm going to make a game about wine? Or was it that I love this kind of game and wine would be the perfect way to do it? Or was it just a marriage of the two that seemed to work? I do enjoy wine, but that wasn't the main motivation for it. The, the main motivation for that specific theme was that I, I, I've, been, I've been designing games my whole life, but this is the first game that I really wanted to design for the purpose of, of publication. And um, my perception of a lot of the games on the market at the time were games that leaned into fantasy and science fiction themes, which I love as I love, I love science fiction movies and games. I, like I love those, but I wanted to make a game that could hopefully bring new people into the hobby while still engage hobby gamers who enjoy farming style games. And so I thought it was really, I went through a list of themes that I thought could appeal to both of those audiences and uh, winemaking, viticulture, vineyards was the uh, and Tuscany was the, the theme that I came up with that. So no, it didn't stem from some long uh, lifelong uh, passion for wine. But I did research a lot into wine. I learned a lot about that process while I was designing it. And that's the thing we were talking about the other day on one of the episodes is that actually finding a theme, even if it's not one you know well, you then dive into down the rabbit hole of finding out more about it, and you get into a cycle that kind of. You know, you find something new out might give you an idea for a mechanic or a way to do something. So actually, it's a journey of discovery and learning, regardless of what theme you choose often. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that was one of the, the, the biggest surprises I had when I started getting really into designing games, because I'd suddenly be going down a Wikipedia hole, which would take me to knowing so much information about stuff where even if I didn't design the game, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad it was at least a good night in. I find researching uh, game themes like listening to a Stuff You Should Know episode, I didn't necessarily need to know about how aqueducts work, but now I know how <laughs> aqueducts work, and I feel like I've spent time learning something that might come up in a pub quiz. The, the, the thing with Viticulture, so this is absolutely... Uh, when I get asked what's my favourite board game, it's so hard for me not to say Viticulture, simply because not only is it one of my favourite games, but it's probably the one I've played the most as well, because I love solo games and the solo mode and that is awesome. Um, But I think the thing that I like about it is uh, sort of what you were saying, Jamie, it's a game that I can introduce to people that wouldn't consider themselves as, like, gamers, but also something that all of my gamer friends, hardcore, like, you know, scythe lovers, people who love these big area control style things, get in there and get, like, their teeth right into (laughs) it. So it's a full, like, meaty experience. But I think the thing that's quite interesting when you talk about theme is... 
ultimately, we, we talk a lot about like the scope of a theme. So this game about wine, it could have been about bottling a... It could go down really small, about literally bottling and uncorking and pouring a bottle of wine, all the way up to um, what I would call viticulture, which is ultimately the whole process almost, except from people actually necessarily drinking it. I mean, there's probably a couple of cards that let you do that. Did you start with ultimately just like one element of that game, maybe like the growing the grapes and the making the wine, and then as you were developing that game, you, you suddenly ended up with, with the expansions, you know, an area control element with the influence track did it evolve over time or did you sort of just start with one setup yeah it evolved quite a bit over time and it's actually somewhat fresh in my memory because we hit the it was either the eighth or ninth anniversary of the release of the game about a month ago and i went back and looked at old photos from some of the early prototypes and it looked completely different in those early prototypes where it was mostly a card driven game i played dominion recently but i don't think it was a deck builder i played fresco recently which had got me into uh worker placement a little bit but yeah, it was very different and it was very spreadsheety. Everything looked like a big spreadsheet. There were like soil types and weather types at different times of the year and um, and way more types of, of grapes that you could that you could plant. And so I had to distill that and kind of really get rid of it a lot. So it was all that research that we just talked about was a lot of fun, but I had to say, you know, is do soil types really make for a fun game? Is that really gonna intrigue people into this world of winemaking? So I had to <laughs> push some of that aside and and abstract some of the elements of the game. Um, while hopefully still retaining the feel of running a vineyard, the romanticized feel, I think, of running a vineyard. Yeah, I think there's a there's a certain degree in all these kind of games with this rich theme, there's going to be abstraction to some degree. And I think when I look at the scope of food and drink games, if you like, there could be something that's more in-depth like viticulture, or you can have something that is vaguely food-themed like point salad, for example. Obviously, point salad is about salad, which is a food. Um, and I was wondering if you have any favourite drink or food-themed games where you think, oh, that's a, you know, it's just a really fun game, whether it's the theme that comes from or not, is there anything that springs to mind, Jamie? Yeah, I have two that came to mind when you asked me this. A very recent play is a game called Abandon All Artichokes. Have you heard of that one? I have indeed, yes. It's a, it's a very simple, it's kind of similar to Point Salad in that the theme is fairly irrelevant, but it makes for a fun name. And it's a deck unbuilding game. You start with a, a deck of 10 artichoke cards that do absolutely nothing, and you're trying to get rid of those cards and add better cards to your deck. And I also really love Sushi Roll. Um, I, I studied abroad in Japan, and so I've been to these places in Japan where you have this conveyor belt sushi that comes around, and you just pick, pick up a plate off the conveyor belt, and that's exactly how sushi roll feels with the, the feeling of also rolling these big chunky dice. Have you guys played either? You said you hadn't played Arbanalarger. Have you played Sushi Roll or Sushi Go? I played Sushi Gay and Party. Uh, I remember being to UK Games Expo two years ago when it is just coming out and I was dying to try and get a copy and it was just not a bit because it would just come out. Everyone was so excited for it. So yeah, not played that one yet, but I absolutely see what you mean. Like I love, you know, when you've got a game where you can think like, well, you could take this theme away um, and, you know, you replace it with something completely different. But actually the way it leans into that, I feel like even just a light dressing of theme adds a lot to a game. Abandon All Artichokes was an Emma Larkins design to that, I believe. Um, and one of the things I think that is just perfect about the game is that it comes in this artichoke-shaped box. And without that theme, you would never have that box. And that's such a... You see it on the shelf and just like that, I just want to know what that's about. And I think so much of theme plays into that kind of product design as well. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah, 100%. And I think the thing that one of the best things, you know, we've been covering this a lot in this season on themes is that when you choose a theme, 
if you lead with that, then what you can find is that by researching it, you find mechanics like they almost kind of appear out of nowhere. You just say, well, I'll just do what literally happens in there. And I think that you could find them sort of like evolving out. Did you find that was the case with, with Viticulture? Was it like as you were researching, you're like, oh, there's a new mechanic that's all sorted? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it happened all the time, especially I mean, one of the big revelations for for Viticulture was that. Um, not all vineyards make their money from selling wine. A lot of vineyards just focus on the grapes. And so they're, they're, they're planting grapes, they're selling those grapes to other places. And some vineyards don't even, uh, or some wineries don't uh, make their, they don't grow their own grapes. They're just buying those grapes from other wineries. And are they focus on, focusing on the tourism of a vineyard? That's a big thing here in Missouri, all over. And so that was fascinating to learn that uh, the goal of, of, of a vineyard or winery goes well beyond just bottling something delicious in a bottle. It's amazing how, uh, hearing you say that, because ultimately, uh, I have to say, I'm pretty uh, proud. I have a bit of an achievement with my friends of being the first person to win a game of viticulture with all the expansions without ever, ever harvesting a grape or making a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that I love about theme, where it can kind of surprise you too, because you go into that game thinking, oh, well, this is going to be the way to win. All the wine. Wine, wine, wine. And then you realise you don't need to do that. And then Rob uses that tactic on me, and I feel more sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. I was also interested in... So one thing we also talk about is that you can be hampered by that. Um, you know, if you're making a game, I think we talked about it previously, if you're making a game about, like, pirate ships and then you suddenly design this really cool laser pistol mechanic and you're like, this is the funnest part of this game but it has nothing to do with the pirates and it's like, well, what do you do there? Did you ever find that was happening throughout the scenario? Did you have to, like, like hinder your design or just scrap anything cool that you're just like, this just doesn't quite fit? It's not quite that, but there's something a little bit close to that in viticulture where for a long time I had it, so I, like I was trying to stick too close to the theme. And uh, you're, I had, you know, you're, you're, one of the cool things I think in viticulture is that your grape and, grapes and wine gain value without you having to do anything. Just by having the grapes and the wine on your crush pad and in your cellar, they, they gain value from year to year. But uh, in early versions of the game, I had them age away, like age out. Uh, so you would, ha if, a, if a wine aged too long, it, you would lose that wine. If a grape uh, aged even a little bit, you would lose that grape. Uh, it would, it would go, go away. And that just wasn't fun. So that was me trying to stick too closely to a theme and eventually just saying, you know, no one's having fun with this. They would rather have this, this automatic aging process. So uh, that happens, I think, more often where I start with a theme and I'm like, oh, this, th the theme is actually holding the game back a little bit. I need to abstract it a little bit more. I need to focus on the fun and get rid of this mechanism. I can hear a clattering in the kitchen. I think the chefs are starting to wipe down. The maitre d's come over and he's looking like he probably wants us to wrap up our meal. Um, and so with that, I think we're going to close the doors on the 10-minute uh, design chat uh, about food and drink today. Let me ask you, importantly, is there anywhere that people can find out more about you? Where would you like them to look to reach out to you? Yeah, the best place for everything related to Stillmire Games or the, the game design videos that I post, the Facebook Live stuff that I do every week, um, it's all consolidated on StillmireGames.com. Brilliant. Thank you very much. We will make sure we chuck that in the show notes as well so people can find that easily. Thank you very much for this gourmet meal. Um, I'm, I'm, abso I'm absolutely stuffed. Um, but I'm going to say thank you very much, Jamie, for joining us. Goodbye to you, Chris. I'll see you at 10minutedesignchallenge.co.uk. Thanks very much, Rob, and thanks, Jamie, for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. I will see you, Rob, at boardgamebud.com. This has been a 10-minute design chat on food and drink. Thank you for listening. And hopefully we've given you some food and drink for thought.